Hi, welcome to It's Kinda Zen-like, a podcast for people who kinda meditate and are kinda interested in Buddhism, and in a way, that's kinda zen-like. My name is Gareth Davison, and welcome to episode one, an introduction, where I talk a little of my struggle to keep a regular meditation practice, and why I think that might be so. A short section on where the zen in the title comes from, and tell you what I've been doing over the last few weeks that have led up to this episode. So I've been interested in Buddhism and mindfulness on and off now for a little over 12 years. During that time, I ever maintained a regular meditative practice. And I imagine just from the conversations I've had over the years with like-minded people, this on and off kind of meditative practice is, is fairly normal. We have a hectic few days. We don't allow the time to meditate. And before you know it, it's been a couple of weeks since we last meditated. And hey, presto, we'll start again tomorrow. But that tomorrow never turns into tomorrow, and so on and so on. Then maybe one day you have an assortment of the bookshelves, or where you keep your, you know, some of your books on Buddhism and mindfulness, and today becomes that tomorrow you've been waiting for. And before long, you've managed a decent couple of weeks on a decent run of mindfulness practice, along with some regular dipping and eight of those books that help keep you on track. Before you know it, though, that tomorrow comes back, and you're back in that cycle again. I start again tomorrow. Why do we do that though? We know the benefits are tangible and we know when we do have a meditative practice going, we're just that bit better at the struggles that life throws at us. We're also that bit happier. So why stop again? I think I may know why. Consider this. Whenever you've started a new hobby in the past or another hobby you've had for some time, the chances are you have built some kind of social network around that hobby. Whether it be a partner you go with, or whether it's a wider group you belong to, some of the appeal of that hobby, and the reason why you look forward to going back, may not be the hobby itself, but it's more about the, you know, the social aspect of it. However, with our interest in Buddhism, meditation and mindfulness, the experiences I've had and others have spoke about, is that the social aspect is either lacking or more often, unrelatable to our sort of average lives. I'll give you a couple examples of this that I imagine most people will likely be familiar with. So recently I joined a Buddhist group, a sort of like a a monastery in fact, um, but not so much because I want to join a monastery, just my local group. Uh, I wanted to learn a bit more about meditation and Buddhism philosophy. However, when you join, there isn't much speaking between the groups of people because of the you know, the quiet monastery setting. And when things begin, you spend your time listening to chanting and prayers in a language you have no comprehension of. Maybe there is no chanting and prayers. However, there are talks about reincarnation and meditative practice that help us achieve good reincarnations. There may be talk of brainwaves and chakras and magical properties. Or it might simply be down to the kind of language being used where the mindfulness coach is using Sanskrit on Pali. Words that just add confusion. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of these groups or that anyone shouldn't go to those groups, only that these are often common barriers in why some people struggle to build a sense of community around this interest. So hopefully this podcast will help with that aspect, that kind of social side of it, the shared experience we can be you know, all familiar with. I'm sure at first it will seem a little sparse, but you know, in time, maybe we could have phone calls via Zoom or you know, Facebook page, whichever. Um, 
but for now at least anyone that is listening at least they'll be part of my shared experience and again hopefully it's a mutually beneficial thing for any listeners that are listening quickly if you're not aware of it i have an instagram and facebook page of the same name and you can leave voice messages on anchor.fm forward slash kind of zen like and i believe if you like well on the apple page there should be a link at the bottom and that takes you to the anchor fm page where you can leave your message um, but whether you just want to leave a friendly hi on the facebook page you know it's kind of introduce yourself um i've noticed already from the one i got a listener in america i mean wow i don't know how that happened but um yeah if you just want to leave a friendly hi or whether it's feedback on the podcast saying you know kind of you know elements i can improve i imagine this sounds a little scripty hope scripty but hopefully in time you know i can i can work on that and like any mistakes kind of like you know in the um in the descriptions or any, any different ways that you find helpful yeah so if you just leave any feedback on there and that'll help towards this um, sense of community of, of sorts so then this name the zen name um, i'm going to go into a little bit about that now um so you know i'm kinder into buddhism so you know at points i will likely talk about some aspects of some of the philosophy at some points during this project but hopefully it won't appear preachy and be in the manner this podcast series is about namely just sharing ideas we find interesting and uh, you know th- these things are relevant to the experience of the average joe living in the you know can live in the average life so the reason then for the zen in the name is because despite having an interest for as long as i have i haven't really looked into any details you know the differences in the buddhist practices I know, for example, that Tibetan Buddhism is a strand of Buddhism different to the Buddhism you'll find in Thailand. And I kind of knew that Zen Buddhism was a form of Buddhism that came out of China. The point being here, though, is that although there's various forms of Buddhism, Zen Buddhism, as far as I can make it, you know, at this point of my you know, sort of journey, is Buddhism stripped of the baggage. It seems to have like a kind of simplicity that can be applicable to many aspects of life. And what I've been drawn to is this simplicity and how it can be useful in decluttering, you know, our quite often hectic lifestyles and how we can make sense of the world. If you follow my Instagram page, kind of zen, like, hint, hint, by the way, you'll see quotes that I tend to post there and often simple verses. And looking back to those early years when I was discovering my interest in the subject, I bought a small, very fancy copy of what is called the, the Dharmapada. And this is essentially the teachings of the Buddha in the form of verses. Again, check out Again, check out my Instagram page. I've got a section in the stories that are dedicated to this, as well as other things if you want a glimpse of some of the basics of Buddhism beliefs, you know, if you're into that. And, you know, there's things like the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, and then there's one as well on the, you know, the Dharmapada on these verses. Um, the, the pairs is called. Um, anyway. So finally on the Zen thing, if you have a look on that page, you'll see an Instagram video that I shared from Headspace to describe the mind and our thoughts that I think do the Zen mindset justice. I won't go into that now. I'll leave you, you know, look at that your own time. So anyway, have a look. Also check out the book I've recently posted called Zen and the Art of Simple Living, which is something I'm going to be delving into on a daily basis, you know, not necessarily here, but in my own life. So moving on then, and onto the side of the podcast, which is about, you know, my, you know, sharing with you 
my journey through Buddhism and meditation, so to speak, or what experience of, of learning about this and trying to build a, a stronger um, practice. Um, before I go into that, I mean, noise cancelling headphones, I say it from the beginning, I've been using these with my um, guided meditation app, which I'm using Headspace, and I'm mainly using this for the fact that with my uni account on Spotify, I have this app for free or part of the deal, which essentially on a cost wise is free. Um, so I'm not endorsing it in the sense of, you know, I think this is the best one as it stands at the moment. I I've, I tried Calm years ago, but um, Headspace is what I've, I've been using because of my, my uni access. So anyway, I, was say, I don't think these are necessary, but if you can afford them and if you've got a pair, pop them out and they do help, you know, more so I think if... Um, you live in an, a noisy area or even if you're just you know just starting out or you you know you're like me you've flitted in and out and you fall into practice well worth it you know like in my house the kids are in and out all the time um you know and with the weather lately it's been, they've been in more than out and with that comes playing Fortnite and all the jibber jabbering away on Fortnite with their mates um I also I live near a main trunk road. I mean it's not super busy, but you know it's busy enough that you know on a, on a nicer day or wherever you've got the windows open, you know you have this noise of a uh, of, of uh, lorries can go past. And like I say it's not major distraction, but these things do help. Um, also, my dog he's um, a little Boston Terrier, and he makes every noise under the sun all day long. Um, whether that's him troughing around looking for food constantly, despite being just fed a meal that's twice the size of his body. Um, he's farting, he's scratching his feet around, he drags his, his his legs and makes a scratchy noise all around. So it, in my house, there's a lot of sort of background noise constantly in the house unless the kids are out and the dog is asleep in another room, in another universe where they can't hear him snoring. So, so again, I don't think these are super essential. People, you know, did it without these before, but if you do have them, you know, they're really good. Um, But then also on the flip side of that, um, although I think these are useful having the silence in my mind or I should say having the silence but what I've also found is because it's just total silence and you know zero distractions you can find yourself more susceptible to wandering off in your thoughts but either way worthwhile investment um, especially you know if you're just starting out or restarting um, as they you know that can be a bit of a barrier you know background noise so anyway um as I mentioned, you know, the headspace, you know, like I said, it's not the only one I've used. Um, I'm not, you know, endorsing it. I've I got a friend of mine, I believe he's something to do with this new app called Sam 10. Um, you know, I don't know whether this is better than any of those really, but I, it is working for me. Um, they are offering a, a, a deal at the moment. I think even where you're, if you're unemployed, you get it for free. Um, so might be worth looking into. Again, you don't just have to look at, you know, headspace like i said this calm the same time i'm sure there's others but anyway back to the back to headspace and the reason the app is on my phone like i say is to do with uni um and you know i i, I got a feeling I, I probably will continue using it because the investment i've put into it um but you know the stage is where i'm at i'm on this like like pro level stage two i don't think it's pro pro but um you know in each stage there's 10 exercises and i've also started their focus course and in this, instead of just focusing on your breath, which is like, you know, um, you, you know, your normal mindfulness, or maybe where that begins, um, you know, they bring this visualization process to the meditation. So anybody who hasn't started one of these before or done a, a focus type meditation, 
uh, with a headspace one, you you start off like you would with any mindfulness um, exercise, where you um, you know you sort of you check in and um, you know you feel in the body, your deep breaths, you get you know you get in the frame of mind, I guess. But then you visualize an object, and in the case of the headspace app, you know with their focus um, exercise, it's a ball of light. It's, you know it's not you know you're not asked to in- describe anything specific. But the one thing they do say, don't think of an intense ball of light. Don't focus really on what the light looks like. It's just a dim ball. Um, which you was you know visualize different areas of the body. Um, however, as you place this object through the body, you know you sort of visualize it in in your lower abdomen, and then you say you move it you know to your sternum. Um, you're supposed to visualize on the moving that takes from you know from moving it from one place to the next, and this is described as you know as as the flow, and that's part of the meditation is this meditation on flow as well as focus, and in the past. Um, you know, I have, I have done a focus type uh, meditation as I remembered it, and it was just slightly different. And it, there was the ball uh, in an area below your belly button, and then this exercise, you had to visualize this ball in a stationary position, unlike the other way it moves around. But you know, within each in breath, you would um, effectively, you know, you're expanding this ball over time. As I remember, I think this might have been like focus and maybe compassion meditation maybe because the idea is this light it gets bigger and bigger and bigger you're visualizing it covers the room and then eventually it goes on and on and on and this light is a warm light is a healing light so you're always in this frame of mind of you know you want to make the world a better place but you have still got to focus on this on this ball of light um and then so returning to such an exercise in meditation for me it, you know it's shown that is something that does get better with regular practice. You know, as I remember feeling really comfortable with the previous exercise, you know, that one I was on a bit with the ball, you know, that's some years ago now, and something I'm struggling with right now to maintain that focus of the ball now today as I'm doing this meditation. And although it's starting to feel easier, which proves the point really of maintaining practice of these exercises in the mind. So the longer you're doing these exercises, the more regularly you're doing them, the easier these processes become. So one last thing, I've been considering maybe starting a meditation journal and that's just to note any differences and changes that I begin to notice. Uh, there were two examples recently I've, I have felt worth noting down and sharing here. One, um, when I meditate, when I'm tired and I mean, you know, ready for bed tired, my mind wanders into a more dreamlike sort of experience when I'm meditating late at night. Um, and when I say that, I mean, when your mind wanders while you're meditating, it's just like, you know, you're just, you, you, you're just losing your train of thought. But while I'm tired and ready for bed, that loss of train of thought feels more like, you know, like a kind of a dream. I don't feel like that I'm awake and just, you know, a wandering mind. I feel like I'm actually dreaming. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't find that very helpful. The meditation is, you know, you, you feel like almost a little bit of a waste of time. Although saying that. Um, I think if you normally meditate 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, what have you, um, if you do find that you don't want to miss that day, you know, you want to maintain this daily thing and have not fallen into, I'll just do it tomorrow. It's just meditate for five minutes. I mean, I found that, you know, after five, 10 minutes of meditating, that's when that starts to happen. So at least if I do just for five minutes, at least I have done something rather than nothing. So, um, yeah, I felt I felt that was worth worthwhile noting down for myself at least, and maybe you know somebody else might find that useful. And secondly, 
you know, we've had some warm weather recently and during that time, um, I was meditating at the garden and on one occasion, I allowed myself to be caught in the rain. And when I first felt the drops hit me, I wondered whether I should stay. But then I recalled reading something, um, you know, in the past about how our mind can observe our thoughts and feelings. So I used this opportunity. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the ambient temperature was still comfy. So, I, you know, I could say I used this opportunity and I sat there. And as each raindrop, you know, hit me, I could feel, you know, they felt like large drops and maybe they were. And at first, this was only a sm you know, small splatters of rain coming, you know, as if it was on the edge of some rain, you know, rain cloud, you know, and the wind had blown the rain past the, you know, where it would normally land. But then it started, you know, falling harder and harder. But by this point, you know, I think I was in a state where I was kind of um, detached and able to observe. But, uh, you know, as soon as I started thinking about what if I got cold, um, and, you know, start wondering how long I could manage sitting out here in the rain. You know, I actually then got cold and, you know, and before long I couldn't manage it anymore. And I felt like, you know, that was kind of like, you know, um, maybe a glimpse of what maybe observing feelings was like. Um, it was certainly very different and, you know, you know, it did feel like it was worth sharing that experience. It felt different. Um, and maybe, like I say, it was that glimpse of what meditation is like all the time, maybe. So, anyway, you know, I think I can call it a day here. And um, I just mentioned what I've been planning going forward for this week. Um, I got uni starting again towards the end of September. So I would like to keep this focus meditation going. And I'm going to spend a little time while I can going over some of the course, you know, this course I did um, during the beginning of me learning about but you know buddhism and, and meditation and it was called buddhism and modern psychology um i'm you know in in that course i remember there being some really useful info um you know for anyone that might be interested in how meditation can be explained through the lens of you know genuine scientific inquiry so next week i'll touch on that sure you know i'll share any new insights from my meditation practice and maybe if i'm lucky i'll have a listener or two who has shared some of their thoughts and um and i'll bring that in, you know in some form so until next time stay safe make sure you make the time to put that practice in and i'll see you next time on it's kind of zen like <laughs>